1: This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, a local sports bar we love. The ACO has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and they filled that space with tables and huge TVs and their full complement of excellent food. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch the NFL, the baseball playoffs, and Warriors games with other fans while still staying safe. I love this spot. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. The Athletic Club is now our go to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. In fact, if I see anyone at the ACO in a huddle shirt, beer on me. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're
2: going to bring you on to our huddle.
1: You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. With me per usual, my boy Professional Marcus.
3: What's up, Dab Nation?
1: And our master of All Things Sound Maxime. How's it going? Boys, I couldn't be more fired up to announce that rejoining us, the host of the Morning Roast on 95.7 the game, the lead on NBC Sports Bay Area's pre- and post-game coverage of the Golden State Warriors. And a guy who was randomly dunked on while wearing a suit on live TV last night. Mr. Bonte Hill. What's going on, Bonte? You know, the intro was on point up until you brought up the part where
4: I got dunked on. And I made a business decision on television (laughs) not to get dunked on. I ducked out of the way. But now that I, you know, everybody's laughing. It's like, damn, dude, you let a little six-foot-two guy dunk on you. I should have committed the flagrant, too. I should have committed the flagrant, too. I should have hacked the hell out of him. Put her on our test. And, you know, I may have gotten fired. I may have gotten suspended. I may have sent them to the hospital. But you know what? I should have got my Bill Lambert on. I was just, you know, very disrespectful to dunk on a guy looking so dapper on television, man. I felt, I felt offended, man. I felt really disrespected.
1: If you had, so to add a little context for those who may not have been watching NBC Sports Bay Area last night, and if you were, what the fuck were you doing? You should have been on there. But Bonte, they they did that move that was popular, I don't know, two, three years ago, where bonte is just broadcasting he's not paying attention and then somebody randomly stands behind him bonte can't see him holding a nerf hoop and the guy bonte was talking to out of nowhere then gets a nerf ball soars over bonte and dunks on him you guys may have heard that bonte said he ducked out of the way he did not he got dunked on right in his face and then since then <laughs> this fool came out and said i should have committed the flaker too." bonte if you could go back in time knowing what had happened would it mean no you're not gonna hurt the man but would you have given him a little forearm like would it have been worth yes. Pushing this yeah. full off and creating the greatest video of all time,
4: forearm to the chest and blocking that shot. <laughs> I should have done that. I should have done that. I didn't see it coming, and I said, "Damn!" Like I, I, I should have literally dunked on. Him. I should have literally just, just swatted him, blocked his shot. I should have really hurt the kid. He's a newbie. He's a newbie too. Like you're, this is your first show with us, and you got to do that. That's and, an aggressive And move. And and, and we're from San Francisco State. We're gators. Dunk <laughs> on Chris Mullen. Dunk on Darrell Wright. Dunk on me. All right. He's got oh. something coming later on this year. He patted his it. Head, I will dude. not forget. He yeah, patted I his head. I will not forget it. Just hell. I will the not forget <laughs> it. I, I will not forget it. Trust me. Bonta Hill will not forget it. I, I it will be in the back of my dome. And every time every time I see him in the break room, maybe on set,
1: he's going to
4: get it. He's going to get it.
1: If there is something that Bram likes more than third-person references, I'm not sure what it is, so uh, nicely played there, and let's (laughs) jump in to our first section, boys. It's the glass half full of Bonte. You've done this with us for uh, a few times. It's when we look back at a recent stretch of Warriors Who and give something we like or don't like that I would imagine. There's not too many negatives out there. The Warriors are 4-0, and but let's jump in. I'll give you something just to uh, allow you to think and then turn the mic over to you. Something I like. The first six minutes of the fourth quarter. So whoever would have thought we would have said that, right? Go back last year. Go back two years ago. Go back almost to any period of time that wasn't the dynastic run. And the first six minutes of the fourth quarter was like an episode of Fear Factor. You know, Steph's out and it's something you had to survive for a certain amount of time before you'd get a reward for it, you know? And now, I mean, it's not like we're better in the fourth quarter, or at least in the beginning of it, but we're extending leads with Jordan Poole's help, with this roster. These guys are actually taking advantage of a period of time that used to scare the shit out of me. So that's the first thing I like. bate what do you got?
4: Man, that's a great one because that is a great point. The six minutes, the first six minutes – of the second to fourth quarter a season ago, it was just like, what are they going to do? Are they going to ball out? Are they going to cough up the lead? And the fact that they've won two straight games with Steph going scoreless in the fourth quarter is a great, great sign for this basketball team. Um, I'm going to go with Damian Lee. I'm going to pick one guy from that bench. And I'm going to go Damian Lee because Damian Lee has really played well. You know, averaging 14 points off the bench. All four games, he's been in double figures. And you see him playing... Both sides of the floor playing solid defense, playing solid offense, as well as the fact that they missed Damian Lee in the last 16 games a season ago. Boy, they were going eight deep down the stretch. They could have used Damian Lee. I'm not saying he would have been the savior, but they could have used him uh, down the stretch. So I'm going to pick Damian Lee as the biggest feel-good story so far of the season.
1: I love that, and I'll expand on it before we turn it to MT here. But I just like that there's contributions from people we didn't see coming, right? Like, Jordan Poole looks great, but we kind of expected that. I mean, at least here in the Bay, we've been singing his praises by watching all of his Summer League videos. So I'm not shocked that he's bringing it. Steph looks great, again, not shocking. Andre looks spry, surprising. I mean, I didn't see that coming, but like it's not blowing my face off. But with people like Damian Lee or Gary Payton II, these guys who I had no expectations for, but are showing up and not just showing up randomly, but showing up consistently. It's just fantastic, man. You know, it's it's a different year and when I'm already loving MT, something you like.
3: I'm going to go with um, the camaraderie and the fact that everybody on the, on the bench has bought into strength strengthen numbers. Um, and after the first few games, we were all on, um, you know, Nemanja's bandwagon and saying how we we believe, you know, in, in belly. So, um, he was great, you know, he he contributed, he was probably the reason why we won those games. And then, you know, we play OKC and he plays seven minutes and he wasn't pouting at all, he wasn't sad, he, you know, he was on the bench engaged. And I think that's um, true of all the players. So, looking at one through fifteen, we don't even have. I don't know how you sneak in time for Kaminga and Moody, um, in this rotation. It'll be interesting to see. But the fact that they're all bought in, um, to this system and this way of playing and whatever their role may be—that you may, you know, play twenty-two minutes one night and four the next—and that's all part of what's the best gives us the best chance to, to win a title. It's just, it's great to see. um, And it's helpful that they're veterans. I think that was what was missing. And, you know, these players like Nemanja and Otto Porter and and Iggy, you know, know what it takes to win. And they've been in other organizations and see what it's like to go through the grind as a professional athlete and professional basketball player. And um, it's cool to see them all bought in. So I'm just happy that they're doing that because we will need, those guys to play big roles for us. If we're going to make it through an 82 game season.
1: They're, they're not just maintaining their, uh, their optimism, right? Like Namanja, you're right. His minutes went way down and you can even expand that. He went out of his way to say before the Sacramento game, that it meant more to him. You know, he spent some time in SACTO and he wanted to succeed. He came out, shit the bed, Kerr never put him back in the game at all. He literally got all of his minutes in the first half, then had his minutes reduced again against OKC, and he still doesn't care. So your point is exactly right. And I'll make it a little bit further. The joy is back, boys. You know, the, the, the bench is spilling back onto the floor. All of the recognizable celebrations, that goggles thing when there's a nice assist, the, you know, look at my muscles when there's an and one. Last year, they came up with the phrase joy in buckets. And you know what they didn't have when they scored buckets? Joy! It's back this year. It's another thing that I'm just loving to watch.
4: And Everybody's happy. They're vibing and you know, we always talk about the 49ers on my show, right? And you think about the vibe with them. The vibe's terrible. The vibe's awful, right? It's just, <laughs> it, it reeks. This vibe. And it started in the preseason with this team with Jordan Poole playing well, you know, with uh, uh, Steph Curry being Steph Curry, dropping the 42 in the last preseason game. Like, the vibe started early. And, like, after all the trade rumors about Ben Simmons and trading some of these youngsters, i they didn't trade wise when they didn't trade Kuminga. They didn't trade Moody because now you got these three youngsters who can grow, and I'm sure Kuminga and Moody would get a lot of run in the G League, which will help. Uh, Jordan proof is proof. Jordan Poole is proof that the G League helps. <laughs> and look where he's at right now. Now you think about man when Clay gets back. Jordan Poole slides to the bench with Igadala, with Bialita, you know, with Damian Lee, with Otto Porter Jr., with JTA. And all of a sudden, they look much more dynamic. And not to mention Wiggins after, you know, all the hysteria about the shot and the vaccine or whatnot. Well, that's done. Now he's giving you 17. Now he's giving you 18. Now he's scoring 13 in the second half and going to the rack and, and, and giving cats facial. So just the overall vibe, man, is just, it's so refreshing. And when you look at the eight-game homestand coming up, fellas, you got the Memphis game tomorrow night. And all of a sudden now, you you can get fat and happy and and start to stack up wins and build a lead out West. So I'm feeling it, man. It feels, and I'm not just saying that because I do Warriors Pre and I'm part of the flash it. Like this team is really going to be good and reinforcements are coming. It's a good time to be a warrior fan again.
1: Maxine, what's sticking out to you?
5: Uh, Well, I mean, I kind of want to just go back to Damian Lee because I'm so excited about uh, shout out to Anthony Slater. He, he put out this stat that there's only two people off the bench that have uh, aggregate more points um, than Damian Lee. And that's just like so fantastic to see somebody be that much of a spark plug. What a consistent presence. Um, it just feels so good to see him. But because we've all been so positive, I'm just going to throw out something a little bit on the other side just to add some balance here because it is glass half full, glass half empty. Um, I'm feeling less than excited about Looney's presence in the starting lineup. I know it's early. I know um, we have to trust in Steve Kerr's vision. Looney is very consistent. Uh, he understands the system. He certainly doesn't gum up the works. But at the same time, especially when him and Draymond are in the starting lineup, and you certainly are not going to pull Draymond from that lineup, it's just like, great, let's go double team Steph. And, and that's a pretty uh, tough dynamic, and I think it sinks us pretty far into the hole pretty much every single game to start
1: out. Well, I mean, there's a lot of words you can associate with Loon. Excitement is not one of them, but I'll push back a little bit. They couldn't be too far in the hole if they started off 4-0. and I mean, he, he's certainly contributing and is not screwing them over too badly here.
5: No, I mean, it's, it's, that is the perfect counter argument, right? I guess my question <laughs> is, you know, to what extent would the team actually be better, right, if we had um, a, really? a five that was a little bit less lumbering in his place?
1: Would they have like won six games over the first four? I mean, yeah, I don't know you, if they could ask improve too much, man. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, Steph
3: I would mean, score 30 in the first quarter yeah, instead I mean, of 25.
1: Look, I'm <laughs> shitty at math. I'm shitty at math. So maybe there is a way that they could have won more games than they played. Bonte, I'm going to be hella distracted. So my my apologies. This is conversational whiplash. And for those who don't give a shit about football, hit fast forward a couple of times and we'll be right back to the Warriors. But. A little background. So Bonta, I took this out of your intro because it annoys me, but it's true. I used to call you the foremost authority on various parts, and I'll stick by that. You are currently the voice of the Bay Area. So here's my question for you, man. I'm born and raised in Oakland. I have been a Raiders fan for as long as they would have me or put differently for as long as they'd be here, right? When they left to LA, I left them. When they left to Vegas now, I'm all fucked up. So I need some advice, dude. How should I be handling this? If your team left your city, left your state, but you still enjoyed the sport, what's the move here? How should I be spending my Sundays? I right? turn my tea or turn my bag on this team. I can still be a fan. Like, What's, what's the answer?
4: Left the 49ers when they moved to Santa Clara. And that's just the Santa Clara. I I was almost done with them. I felt disrespected by them moving out of the city when they had been here at Keysar, been here at Candlestick Park, and spent their entire history here in the city. And now all of a sudden Silicon Valley, nobody in the Bay Area is like, hey, let's go hang out in Santa Clara on a Friday night. Woo, let's go party (laughs) in Santa Clara. Like nobody cares about Santa Clara. My team left the state. Yeah. Now, I still watch football. I wouldn't quit the sport because the sport is obviously great. But like, imagine if the Warriors moved to like Las Vegas. Would you Warriors? I wouldn't. I, I No, absolutely not. I, I, it would be tough. So I would dump that team and I would just become a fan of, of the sport of football.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I got to pick up uh, fantasy or stuff. But, all right, well, I will follow this up with you personally down the line. For us, let's get back to the Warriors. And I got a super random off-the-court report for you boys. So off-the-court report, normally speaking, we turn to experts like Bonte or Rusty or one of the beat writers, and we ask them for a story that they had that uh, they picked up from something that didn't occur between the lines. This week, I've got one. So I went to the opener last week against the Clippers, had a hell of a time, had some observations of the fan base I'll share with you in a minute but the thing I wanted to share now is E-40 was at the game Um, and E-40 actually was either the guest of Joe Lacob or because he was performing at halftime they sat him next to Joe Lacob throughout the first half. And I was sitting, I mean, I'm not close to them. God knows I was a bunch of rows behind them, but I was close enough where I could kind of watch their interactions. And it looked to be the most awkward first date in the history of awkward first dates. Like for the first like 10 seconds, you, they, they were trying to make a conversation. And then from there on out until the, the second quarter ended, they were continuously doing things to make an excuse about why they weren't talking to one another. Like they were drinking, they were looking in other directions. They were trying to start conversations with other people. So it Turns out that Lakob and E40 don't have a best friendship coming up anytime soon, and then the other observation I had. So we've made I guesses, we've taken shots at Chase Center fan, you know. And as an East Bay guy, I've been pretty worried about what the fandom would be like in the city. And I can say that after watching that opener, it's definitely different. But they also are a competent crowd. Right. Different. Like I said, e 40 uh, gave a concert at halftime and everybody left. Nobody stayed in their seats. That doesn't happen in Oracle. But also when Steph goes for 25 in the first and literally went to the corner of the court to fire up the crowd the way like a college quarterback in an away game after a big win finds his fans in the end zone and then fans them up. The second that happened, the arena went crazy. So at least for now, they know how to celebrate. They know how to reward a good performance. So I, you know, it's it's reasons to uh, to be optimistic. Bonte, you, you're there for all the games, dude. Like, what what's your instant impression of Chase Fan? I mean, can they bring it like Oracle Fan? What are you thinking? Oracle Arena is going to be tough to
4: replicate. I mean, it's just it it's one of a kind. It's what made it so unique. It's what made it so special. That East Bay flavor. You know, the vibe, the, the diversity. It's nothing like that. It was our little barn. It was a dump, but it was our decrepit dump, and it was our dump. Like Candlestick Park <laughs> in Oga, Oga Coliseum. Like, it was outdated. It was old. Uh, There's no, there no denying that. However, you got to give Chase Center a chance. Chase Center, the first year it opens, Steph Curry gets hurt in game number four. All right? You're watching Eric Pascal, You're watching Jordan Poole. You're watching a G League team. <laughs> all right, it went 15 games, whatever. But I saw a glimpse that same season when Curry did return in a Toronto game. I was on TNT. I said, "Okay, Chase Chase has potential." Last year, no, you know, pandemic, nobody's there. I think Chase Center is going to be one hell of a home court advantage. You know, think about the Giants, for example. Every, you know, and I know the crowd is different because it'd be different faces. You know, are are people from the East Bay want to get on the Bay Bridge at that time and come down to Chase Center and deal with all that traffic? You know, or do they want to take BART and Muni into the city? It's a, it's, it's a haul. It's a haul. Tickets are probably a little more expensive at Chase and they weren't at Oracle Arena. But if this team gets into the playoffs and has the series, this crowd's going to be crazy. Because just look at the San Francisco Giants at at and Park. All those playoff series. And, Bram, you got tickets at the Giants games. That crowd goes crazy. Yep. It is a hell of a home field advantage for the San Francisco Giants when they're rolling into the playoffs. When Candlestick was a Candlestick. You know, when the Niners are at Candlestick, excuse me, home field advantage was huge. Candlestick was rocking. So this whole narrative that oh man, the city is soft, and yada yada yada. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of transit. There's a lot of transplants in the city. There's a lot of people who just moved in here. A lot of people from the cities had to move out because of the pricing. But Chase is going to be fine. You just watch come playoff time, Chase Center will be okay. It'll be rocking, and will it be Oracle? Time will tell. But I think you got a glimpse of it uh, Thursday night against the Clippers last Thursday night. That this crowd's going to be alive as long as they're winning games. I mean, nobody likes loser, right? might like loser, but if there's tight games and you got the acoustics in there chase is going to be fine dude i i don't worry about it whatsoever
1: i mean i think we all know what kind of a bitter bastard i am and that secretly what i wanted to do is go to that game and come back and report to you boys that no they never have a chance at being loud where completely screwed us by leaving i can't i cannot say that you are definitely right bonte but i tell you what Let's go to our golden question section because I know actually we're leaves Marcus relatively early here. So let's get some of his opinions. Golden questions is our mailbag. People write in to give us uh, occasional personal shit. Sometimes things about the team this week includes both. And let's start with a team question. MT. This one's directed at you. Uh, what will the Warriors record be after 10 games? They're currently four 0 and here are the next six all at home, by the way. Memphis, OKC, Charlotte, New Orleans, Rockets, Hawks. MT, what do you think? Seven and three. Where do you think the losses come?
3: Uh, Memphis. They go
1: three and three over their next six, huh?
3: Yeah, I think Memphis, um, Charlotte, and Atlanta get us. Not because they're better teams. I just think they're um, playing well and – the, uh, we're 4-0, but it, it took some focus and determination for us to get there and some you know, some luck. As we stated earlier, Steph not scoring in the fourth is not a, a recipe that I'd like to repeat, and I don't think um, we pull some of those games out. We definitely don't pull out the um, majority of them to get us to 4-0 last year. I think us being here is a sign of our growth, but I don't think we can continue that and start off – 20-0 and 0 like we did um, a few years ago.
1: I'll look at those leaves and read them differently, and then we'll have Vontae split the difference here. But I think they go 8-2 and two at least. I agree with you. I think that there's been some concern despite a 4-0 and 0 record, but I'm going to be happy about that. If the Warriors have yet to give us their A game, I mean, really what we've seen is a bunch of B to B-plus games. Shit, Steph described one of his performances as trash, and if they're still 4-0, and and by the way, beating teams like the Lakers, beating teams like the Clippers, I think there's reasons why these guys are going to get better as these games roll on. And those teams I just mentioned, we don't have a whole lot of world beaters. I know that Charlotte is looking a little bit better. I know that the Hawks have a roster you got to be concerned about, and John Moran is certainly doing – Big thanks, but I'm still going. I'm gonna go eight and two. Bonte, you and Marcus always agree with one another, so I'm hoping you don't screw me here. But what do you think, man? The eight, Over the next six,
4: what what happens? I, I, I mean, Marcus, you know, I, I love with Marcus, my life came brother, man. And you know, we, we, <laughs> we seem to you know have great minds here, man. And Bram, sometimes you just you know, you just you're out there, but I gotta say, Bram, you're right about this. Let's go be at least eight and two. I even think they could be nine and one. And look, the loss may come against the Grizzlies. It may come against the Hawks. I don't know. The Hawks are a back into the back to back. We know about the Grizzlies. They're tough. That's a revenge game. They're physical, but there's no Dylan Brooks in that game. And Dylan Brooks did antagonize Steph, even though Steph went off scoring wise, but he had to work for it, man. Dylan Brooks did his thing. I think the Warriors are going to get off to a hot, hot start here, and they're going to establish that home court. Playing Charlotte and Kelly Oubre Jr., those they don't play defense in Charlotte. Um, uh, uh, Atlanta will be tough, but you got the Rockets right before. Hopefully, they can start to rest some guys in the fourth quarter and get ready for Atlanta. I like the Warriors to be at least eight and two. I even think there's a possibility they could be nine and one. Uh, They know they have to stack up these wins in a Western Conference. They know that the Lakers will get better. The Clippers will get reinforcements. Utah's going to be around for a long time. You got to stack these wins up, man. So I'm with you, Bram. I'm with you, Bram. Believe it or not,
1: I agree with you. At least eight and two. Uh, Maxine, if Bonte was ultimately going to agree with me, is it cool that he started that last sentence with, Bram is occasionally out there? I mean, he could have just given me props and said I was right. He didn't have to shithouse the take before we got there.
5: It's tough. It's tough. But I love, you know, the the uh, the build, right? And it made me just like anticipated, like, which way is he going to go? I
1: love yeah. 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 I try. <laughs> what's, what's your record, Maxine, after 10?
5: Yeah. I mean, my heart says nine and one. My mind says eight and two. So.
1: There you go. Marcus, you are stupid and wrong. And reality says seven and three. I hope you are listening. Uh, I was going to save this for a little bit later on, but I don't want to lose you, MT. So let's get to our personal question. This gentleman asks, quote, would you ever bet against your favorite team? Don't answer. Let's turn it into judgment theater and guess what we will all say. Start with me, boys. You guys know I'll gamble? You also know my favorite team on earth by far is the Golden State Warriors. I live and die with these guys. If I was throwing down a Hundo or some number that meant something to me, would I be willing to bet against the Warriors, or is that a line I would not cross?
3: I don't think you would cross it. I think you just would you would
4: abstain from that bet.
1: <laughs> Monte, we know you're a gambler.
4: <laughs> you're not. You just don't do it, man. No matter what I, I look there was opportunities to bet when they won 15 games against the warriors just don't do it man i couldn't do it
1: will not do it <laughs> maxine what's your guess
5: yeah no i don't think you do it
1: i have yeah, bet against a the boy, warriors uh, hell of times no. <laughs> Uh i've bet against That's them so sad. many times it a hell of what a sick, to even you're say a sick individual oh, i you're told you man, look my time occasionally out there it is what yeah. it is I, i'll tell you what i took a uh i took a stock class way back in college and I didn't learn shit. It was a completely useless class. But one thing stuck out to me. What the guy said is always put your money in the things you know about. If you're a mechanic, invest in, you know, car parts. If you are a a camera operator, invest in cameras. Well, I'll tell you what, one thing I knew remarkably well in the early 2000s was how shitty the Warriors were. (laughs) So I I rooted for him, you know, but I'd be lying to you to say, that I didn't put some money occasionally against them. And I'm not going to admit that I occasionally did that when I went to games. That would make me really embarrassed. But, you know, that's also possible. I was going to ask, what do we think on Bonte? But he just made it pretty much crystal clear, saying you would <laughs> never do it at any point. Nah.
3: Yeah, so Also, dude. define root for them if you bet against them. How do you root for a team when you have money <laughs> on the line?
1: Oh, well, rooting for my money rooting for them to miss the shot, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Rooting for my money and rooting for my team are two different things. Um, I like, I, it was almost, it depends on how you look at it. You could either define it as a win-win or a lose-lose, you know, like there are times when I got out of there and was disappointed, but had a little money in my pocket. And there's times when I got out of there when I was happy, but was a little lighter in the wallet. So, you know, it, I, I don't always bring my emotion into my financial well-being. I, I won't, I don't even think we have to make a judgment theater because it seems like I am the only pathetic piece of shit who would do this. So any of you other boys, it never, Bonte, you've never, I know that you gamble, dude. You've never put money against one of your teams. I don't believe you. I feel like it's I mean, happened at I, some
4: point. I did, I did. And I remember, oh my God, I remember the game. I, it was, it was the Niners against Washington, Alex Smith's rookie year. And they got blown out 51 to 17 or something like that. And I was like, this is guarantee money and watching the Niners get blown out. Yeah. My money was good. I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to make some, but I felt sick. I honestly felt sick. It felt like blood money. I, I just, yeah, it, it didn't feel right. And I've never done it since, but I had to get that quick money grab. It was, it was screaming at me. You know what I'm saying? It was, man. It was, you know, they're not beating Washington, man. This is a lock, but yeah, it, it, it it's happened. I have not bet against the Warriors. Um, I have bet against the Giants. I'm not going to lie about that. I have bet against the Giants. And you know what? Every time I bet against the Giants, they burn me. They end up winning (laughs) that game. So um, it happens. And I told myself I will never do it again. But, you know, when you're a gambler, we say that we're never going to bet against this team or ever going to – it's just – it's kind of tough, right? Unless you go to –
1: Unless you go to gambling
4: rehab, it's it's probably going to happen again.
1: Well, you know I feel you. You know what I'm really entertained by is the juxtaposition for your two takes. We rewind the tape, I don't know, 30 <laughs> seconds ago. And you're like, oh, pff, never. Yeah. You yeah. never. You can never do that, Bram. You're yeah. terrible. Yeah. And, it turns and, out you've been against both of your favorite teams. I,
4: I, I have. I mean, you know, I'm not <laughs> perfect. You know what I'm saying? I have. I have. <laughs> And it felt sick. I'm telling you, man, I'm betting against the Giants and those suckers are burning me. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I get
1: for betting against my team. I don't to lose this money. Dude, here's a fun fact. I bet, So Marcus has not done it, but it's not because he wouldn't. It's because he just doesn't bet. I feel That's like true. if he was a sports gambler, this fool would absolutely bet against his favorite team. MT, am I, be honest, dude. Am I wrong on that?
3: No, you're completely right. I was always taught <laughs> bet with your wallet, not with your heart. So if I did bet, I would I would bet whoever I thought would win the game. And if it cool. wasn't the Warriors, like them going seven and three, I would I would bet you know, oh
1: my God. on the
3: oh my Hawks God. right now.
1: Watching all of you slowly get off your high horse is a <laughs> 1,000% my favorite part of this podcast so far. The scandalous thing is that Maxime wouldn't. I, I think, like, generally speaking, uh, despite all of his weird-ass habits, despite him being an international tree climber, I don't <laughs> think he would actually bet against his favorite team. Maxime, am I right?
5: Uh Yeah, but that's only because... Uh, see, so I don't bet. But... It's one of those situations where I was thinking, yeah, it's a win-win situation. And it only dawned on me when you said it's also a lose-lose situation, that it is in fact also a lose-lose situation. And so now there's no way I'm betting against them.
1: It just depends on uh, on your perspective as you enter it. Back to hoop boys. And I'm excited for your answer on this one, Bonte. Quote, and this one came from our Patreon crew. So if you are nice enough to support us on Patreon and you ever – have a question for five golden. It will always be included. This one came from, uh, from our Patreon crew. Like I said, and here it is quote, what has changed between last year and this year? And are those changes sustainable throughout the year? What do you think, Bhante? what's the biggest things that's flipped and can we count on this throughout?
4: Well, it's uh, the additions of high IQ players, right? Yep. Andre Godala, you know, Andre Otto Porter jr. Knows how to play the game. He's played in the system before you know the reading react system and he could hit the three which i did man he could easily out from out there and then be elite like he had the one game against the lakers and you know it's kind of tail tapered off since but he's a smart player he knows where to go with the basketball the collective iq with the team is so much better that's the change you know you don't have and i don't want to rip on this guy but kelly Oubre jr just i mean just didn't know where to be on the floor. Just had a false sense of, like, who he was as a player in the system. Kip Baysmore. What? Baysmore to death. But, man, you see Laker fans not losing their minds in kind of <laughs> the same way we did last year with just, like, the the, the fouls that he commits. Like, your foul job Moran at the end of the game the other night, it's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? The shot, the, the ability to make shots, just the collective IQ is so much better. So having guys who have been there and done that, and Andre Godalla. You know, Otto Porter Jr. obviously has been in a lot of playoff series with the Wizards. It's just a smarter team. And then you get Wiggins into the system again. Draymond's in a lot better shape to start the season uh, this season as he was uh, uh, compared to last season. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just love the IQ of this basketball team.
1: I'm with you um and I'll push it towards the roster in general right so and and is that sustainable of course it is because these players IQ and these players inclusion on the roster is going to happen throughout the year i mean last year right Watching a guy or watching people like Kelly Oubre, watching a team that was not fit for Kerr's system was like watching somebody using a fork to eat soup. Like, it just was never going to happen. Those two, like, it just absolutely would not apply. It was destined to fail. And this year, the roster fits not only with one another, but with the system the coaches want to run, man. You know, and so this makes sense. And I don't think there's any reason it's going to stop Making sense. Uh, Maxine, take this next one, and I'm going to change the question. In your opinion, who's the most important person on this roster, not named Steph Curry?
5: Draymond Green. And I was going to say, it's a positive feedback loop. I think another big reason why um, this team is so much more successful this year is because they're so much more successful. And I mean, maybe that sounds trite, but um, I think it's, it's, it's less clear than it might, you know, might seem at first, right? We know that Draymond is a consummate winner and we've just seen his energy shift. You know, even though he wasn't outwardly expressing negativity last year, this is just a completely different version of him. And we know that he's the heartbeat of the team and we're seeing it in action right now.
1: Can you imagine how good they'd be if Loon wasn't out there stinking it up? Then I mean, we'd like we'd probably be a 20-0 at this stage. That's
5: a great point. I wish I had. I wish I'd said that myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is he right? What do you think, man? Is Draymond? Because that was going to be my answer too. Um, and to push it and then see whether or not you agrees with us. I think it's Draymond because he's the only person on the roster capable of running both the offense and the defense. And then even more specific, he's the only dude in the front court who we can currently trust to play more than 30 minutes. I, mean, I love Andre. Love seeing him back. But, you know, can we for sure count on him playing any kind of starters minutes? Of course we can. Love Otto Porter Jr. Love Bia Bia. Love most of the people on this roster. But there's not a whole lot of experience in any of the forward positions, which makes Draymond really stick out to me. But what do you think, man? Take Steph off the list. Who's most important? I have
4: to go, you know, Draymond's a great answer. Um, He is important. There's no doubt about it. I'm gonna go Andrew Wiggins here. I'll go Andrew Wiggins here because oh, let's go without without knowing the without knowing what Clay Thompson is going to bring to the table. I do believe Clay will be Clay at some point this season, but Andrew Wiggins pumping in at 18 and playing defense on the other end, like when he's quiet, and especially without uh, knowing how or Jordan Poole you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? Cause he's still battling to be consistent. And it's it'll take time. It'll take time for Jordan Poole. And I think he's a very capable player of becoming assistant, a consistent player. He's young, but like Andrew Wiggins, like look, he gets paid a lot of money. We know. Um, we we know about what happened in training camp and it felt like fans were on him last year. He won a lot of fans over then, kinda lost that love. Yeah. I think if he can play consistently like we saw yesterday in Oklahoma yeah. City. Like Damian Lee pumping in 20 off the bench was huge. But the difference to me was Andrew Wiggins saying, you know what? I got Josh Getty on me. Let me go punk this guy and get to the rack. Let me go out there and dominate the paint. Let me get to the free throw line. Let me start to hit buckets. So right now I'm going to say, you know, and Draymond's a great answer. I mean, you know, maybe I'm just trying to be different here. There's no doubt when Draymond's Draymond, his team is a much different team and they're a better basketball team. But for now – I got to go with Andrew Wiggins because if he's not pouring in that consistent 17 to 20, Warriors may be losing some of these games here. They need those buckets from Andrew Wiggins. And they need them to be engaged.
1: I loved his physicality last night. Last question, because I know you got to get out of here and I'm fired up for its answer. So the Thunder featured a 7-foot, 190-pound, 19-year-old last night in Yeah, Poloshevsky. So <laughs> this gentleman wants to know, does bonte think he could beat that dude in a fight bonte don't answer yet maxine what do you think dude what's bonte gonna tell us i feel like bonte secretly thinks he can but he will not tell us that he's gonna say something about professional athletes or he doesn't like to fight something like that and then we'll hedge against it won't give us his his real truth that he thinks he could beat this dude's ass at the
5: same time I saw that dude line up for a free throw, and I thought he might have snapped just catching the ball. He's so skinny. So <laughs> he's pretty skinny, dude. If we were watching the same game, I don't know how Bonte could get out of saying that he couldn't beat him in a fight.
1: Well, he's only 19, you know, and Bonte probably has a couple of moves. Like, I bet you he's gotten to enough fights where he has some, some go-tos that he could kind of pull off. But again, I stick with my answer. Bonte, what's the response? You're in a dark alley. Poloshevsky, or whatever the hell you say that dude's name, <laughs> steps to you. What happens next? So it's funny, it was a
4: picture floating around of Pokashevsky yesterday, and I sent it to Chris Mullen, and he's like, he looks like somebody from the Big Bang Theory, one of those dorks (laughs) from the Big Bang Theory. Now, don't repeat that. I probably should have said that, but it is what it is. Mullen won't kill me for it. Uh, Look, 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 if the fight lasts three rounds, I'm done. I don't have the stamina. So I gotta get this guy out right away. And he is a little more athletic. You know what? He's a lot more athletic. than me. I'll give him that. This fight has to be over quickly. I've got to hit this guy real quick and hope that he just, you know, maybe a couple gut punches, get him to the midsection, get him those body blows and get out of there. Because the fight lasts, Pat, you know, say it gets to the second round and we're <laughs> about the one minute mark. Your boy shot. is going to pull the upset. <laughs> so it's got to be like a shock and awe. So It's got to be it's got to be a one hit a quarter, man. So be could a... you do
1: it? Give us the answer. Could you take this big bang theory dude down? Does it last I, more than 3 You know, three you know what? Rounds?
4: It's in the alleyway and anything goes. I'm, I'm. I got pull. I got kids. Let's go. You don't look like you can lift more <laughs> than thirty five pounds, dude. I got him.
1: <laughs> Let's go, Bonte. Dude. I. Uh, I love you on this show. I love you on all the outlets we receive our Bonte Hill from. But for anybody out there who does not know where to find you and desperately needs more Hill in their life, where do they go, man? again, I always say
4: this every single time I come on this podcast, who the hell needs more Bonte in her life. My girl don't even want me in their life right now. She's tired <laughs> of me right now. So, uh, you know what? At Twitter on Twitter at Bonte Hill, B O N T A H I L L 9570 game.com. That's where you can find me, uh, all day tweeting. even though I've tried to less, you know, I've tried to scale bonka on Twitter because it's been a little negative, man. It's just too much negativity. I like to be positive coming off of this pandemic, but on Twitter at Bonte Hill, And of course, the morning rolls from 6 to 9, Monday through Friday with Joe Shasky to butcher. So that's where you can find me if you want more Bonte in your life.
1: Hey, Bram,
5: before we sign off, there's just something that I've been thinking about the whole time, which is what Bonte said right at the beginning. I just want to check in with you on this. If it's your first day um, on the job and you have the choice between dunking on Bonte, D. Wright, or Mully – who are you picking? Because I don't think there's any – there's no way I'm dunking against a former basketball player. I'm so. saying nobody. Nobody.
1: I'm saying nobody. If they, if it's literally my first day, like it's my first day and I'm trying to develop relationships and they're like, oh, we have this funny little thing and we're going to set Bonte up and we're going to have you go and duck on him. I feel like I'm going to go, no, like I, I'd want to do that like a week in, but not my first shift. You know, like I, if I am Bonte and, and he is way more professional than me, but it is the kind of thing that I'm going to remember, you know, like I'm going to be kind of pissy about and knowing that I don't know if I'd want to create that negativity right Right up front, you know what I mean. So I'm, I'm going to take the the weird way out and say I don't think I would have done it. I think I would have tried to talk them out of it.
5: Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I just remember Bonte saying, "Yeah, well, dude should have dunked on one of them, just not me." And I'm just thinking, <laughs> like, listen, there's just no way that's yeah. happening.
4: Who's going to dunk on a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, exactly. Who's going to really try to dunk on a former champ? No. Who's six nine?
1: That's not happening. No. <laughs> We definitely would have seen the flagrant come out if <laughs> that ultimately happened. Bate, hey, get out of here. We appreciate you, man. Go Warriors. We'll be looking for you and uh, all your new suit stylings, by the way. Don't think I haven't noticed. We're not seeing hey, those those, uh, those sneaker shots anymore. This was pepper oh, on
4: there. Oh, man. You guys are crazy, man. I love you guys, man. The fashion <laughs> just... It's never ending, man. I've, <laughs> I've never seen anybody this critical of Greg Papa or, or freaking Kelly Johnson or Ahmed for Reed. We didn't give a all shit. Sudden, we dude, didn't care about dude, them. Dude, we honestly, care about I you. Text, like, every single day, it's oh, all bad. The suit, man. It's, it's important, man. Trust me. I think about it. It's in my dome. That's well, something that gets me rattled. So I, I appreciate it.
1: I'll leave you with a free piece of legal advice. If you're looking to avoid negativity, stay the fuck off of Twitter, dude. <laughs> that might be the most negative place on earth. And baby Chaz agrees with you as you yeah. hear her yelling in the living
4: room <laughs> right now. So I'll let you guys go, man. Love you guys, man. Can't wait to do it again.
1: I love you, too. Get out of here. Enjoy the family. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Maxime, I should be giving our uh, our wrap-up and social media info, but instead I'm going to give you a last question that we didn't get to, to either Bonte or MT, but I'm excited by it, and I kind of want to hear what you have to say. So here's the question. Quote. Jordan Poole has been a revelation, which, by the way, I agree with, and is one of the reasons I think Golden State is a contending team this year. Again, I agree. But I've never seen a better shooter miss the rim more often. Are you guys worried at all about the Poole air balls? I feel like I kind of am, dude. Like, I I, I think he's gonna have nothing but success. You've heard me pimp that success over and over again early in the season. I was just unlocked on and did the exact same thing. But I'd be lying to say that I understand where the hell those air balls are coming from. You're like, maybe not concerned, I still believe in this guy, but I'm like flabbergasted, like I don't understand where they're coming from, and they're not just normal air balls, like occasionally they're air balls that are way off to the left or are short three, four feet, so just weird, and I like that this listener or listener identified you know. I would be more concerned
5: if they were less egregious. You know what I mean? I feel like it's a pendulum, right? Dude had such an amazing debut this season that he's going to swing back the other way. And and if I were in his position, um, I might be kind of in my head a little bit too much about what's going on, about the spotlight suddenly being thrust on me in a way where... You know, Steve Kerr is saying it's either Steph Curry or Jordan Poole that's in the game. I'm never going to have neither of them on the court. That's big pressure, right? So if he was just kind of barely missing, I might be concerned. But I think he's going to, um, you know, correct back in the other direction. And that pendulum's going to settle. And I think he's going to come out great in in another couple
1: games. I agree with you, but watching it is just such a random surprise. It's like seeing someone who's a great public speaker on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then on Sunday have a bout of Tourette's. And you're like, whoa, Like, where where the hell did that come from? And then they go right back to being a great speaker. So that person, great question. I guess we'll see how it plays out. For us, if you want to reach out to us with any golden questions, let us know we've done well, we've done poorly, we could have asked better uh, questions or gone through better issues. Our new email address is, and I'm putting this back to you, Max a, we've had a couple weeks to practice it. Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Boom. The other place we're going to be reached is our Twitter account, which is at warriorshuddle.com. We've already mentioned our Patreon supporters. I know I've promised a video podcast. It's coming. I promise it's coming. In fact, I just did a, a video appearance on the Lockdown Warriors one last time, and I looked at some of the YouTube comments, and they are like – nice but also brutal like maxine if you get a chance go look at it one person said oh bram doesn't look like the sweaty mess i expected him to or like somebody else is like oh he doesn't look like he's 85 years old it's like i don't i don't remember ever saying i was an 85 year old sweaty dude so you know it is what it is our own video version is coming and with that in mind go warriors hopefully we'll see you next week
2: Good, good.